0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
1: Celebrate the holidays at Hale
0: Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus... Happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football
1: bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make
0: a reservation now.
1: The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an s.com.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot of the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush. There is so much to talk about today, uh, just bravo news wise. I mean, of course, we have Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and we have Real Housewives of Orange County. And I guess I'll, you know what? I'll touch on a little bit of Vanderpump. I won't go too much into that because there's really nothing going on there. But news wise, in the Bravo universe, there is so much happening. First of all, Nene Leaks, I believe, debuted her new man at her birthday party that her son threw for her. Now, she says that she didn't really want to have a party like she was just not in the mood, but her son surprised her with a party. And there are photos and videos of her and this guy who is very Peter-esque. Now, he, I guess, rumored, alleged, I'm covering all my bases here, That's how she met her new man, who is from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where I think if everybody remembers correctly, that is where Peter Papa Smurf Thomas had his bar none. So uh, she looks so happy. And I am just so happy for her. If this is true, I think, you know, everyone deserves love and coming out of what she did with Greg and, you know, him passing away. I'm sure that was just really, really hard on her. And I think you know, Nini deserves to be happy. I mean, as we all do. So very happy for her. I guess he owns a couture. <laughs> couture? Uh, see, I'm so not fancy like that. Uh, but he owns like some sort of like suit company, <laughs> boutique shop, unclear. But very, very happy for her. Love my Nini. As you guys know, she is my number one housewife of all time. Never. It will never change. Ever. We have to talk about Delilah Bell's TikTok. There's something going on with Delilah Bell. Miss Delilah Bell Hamlin is basically like putting her parents on blast. And she kind of did this on her Instagram live a few weeks back that, I mean, I watched the entire thing because I was like, I'm up. It's four am. Let's just watch, see what Delilah Bell's up to. Because she has been very cryptic on Instagram or very uh, kind of almost absent for a while, especially over the summer. So she got on and she basically was like, you know, there are so many people in my life that don't want me to come out and talk about my experience and what I have been going through, but I have to because I just want to be transparent and maybe it will help others, blah, blah, blah. So I guess she's been struggling with some health issues, both physical health and mental health struggles. You know, she's like, that's why I look so thin because you know, I have been really going through it. And then she talks about how she was in like um, a rehab facility, trying to get like her body back and everything kind of back to normal. And she says that the doctor like over prescribed medications and she got really sick and it was like this whole thing. And, you know, she kind of, she kind of touched on the fact that her parents like wouldn't help pay for her, you know, medical issues and that you know she keeps alluding to her parents and then finally on tiktok this week she did talk about she has been making like kind of little jabs about her parents as you guys know her parents are lisa Runa and harry Hamlin. so i want to know what's going on there will it be a storyline will it not be a storyline i don't know because Runa has covid right now so does erica and garcelle So production on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has been halted for the time being. But in exciting Beverly Hills news, Kathy Hilton has signed back on to be a friend. She was really going back and forth, I think, with production and with Bravo about her pay. And she was like, I'm not going to come back until you fucking pay me. And I'm like, Fuck yeah, you deserve every goddamn penny. And people are like, well, she's a Hilton. Why does she need the money? She's still working. She's still giving us great content. She still makes us laugh. Like, give the woman her fucking money, her coins. And I have to say, I find this to be so funny. So, remember when Erica Jane was a model and Fenty ambassador for obviously Rihanna's Fenty lingerie line? Kathy Hilton is now working with Fenty and Fenty dropped Erica like over the summer. I don't know if it was her contract was up or if they were like we don't want to be associated with all of the goings on with the courts and everything like that. But Erica's no longer working for Fenty and but Kathy Hilton is and I Kathy Hilton's also working with Amazon. Like she's booked and fucking busy and I I couldn't be happier because I think for such a long time she was so private and she really was flying under the radar as like a Richards Hilton sister. And she's really you know, people love her. And I think she makes Kyle come across so much better in a way. Like she, she's lighter. She makes Kyle laugh. Like they're so different yet. So similar. Like I like that we get some more insight into her mom and their relationship because I think all three girls had such a different complicated relationship with big Kathy especially because Kathy Hilton was like the oldest of the three, you know, has a different dad. It's like, they're just very, very different. I also want to talk about something that I find to be so funny. And I have always been a Lala Kent fan. I did fall off a little bit when she was a little too far up stashing and Kristen's assholes. That really bothered me because she kind of ditched Ariana and Sheena and like went with the cool, cool girls, quote unquote. But the way she's handling this fucking breakup with Randall Emmett is sending me into another goddamn dimension. She is like being very open and honest about things that have occurred in their relationship. And I mean, if you listen to her podcast, Give Them Lala, which I think you guys know, I really don't understand this name. And it's she uses it for every part of her brand. And I just I don't like it. It gives me not for lazy moms, a la Monique Samuels. Like, I just don't if you have to like explain your name to people, like maybe we should like go back to the drawing board and like rethink because I'm not getting it. But it is what it is. Not my business. I'm not like a marketing genius like Bethany Frankel. I just, you know, I'm just simply a girl with a microphone screaming my opinions at no one. So if you listen to her podcast, she'll she kind of opens up every episode with her assistant Jess slash friend Jess that we actually saw on the show when she was interviewing new basically assistants with Randall. We got to meet Jess on there. So it's kind of nice to see like a face to the woman behind, you know, Lala basically. And they always start every episode chatting and catching up and talking about the latest episode of Vanderpump Rules, how the reunion went. And she said, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before when the episodes come out, she was like, you know, we just taped the reunion. And she's like, it was the hardest reunion I've ever done. She did come in remotely. uh, Her and Katie and Tom did um, for reasons. I mean, I've heard rumblings. I've heard the rumors that, you know, allegedly they got COVID or an exposure by going to Disney World. I don't know if that's true, but that's the rumor. And Lala said, she's like, you know, I'm coming from such a vulnerable place. Like something so traumatic has just happened. I am no longer with the person who's the father of my baby. I mean, Ocean is still a baby. She's like eight months old or something. Like she's a a bébé that's probably really hard. And she's like, I didn't get any sort of like warmth from anybody. She's like, no matter what these people have gone through, what we have gone through, she's like, I would still text them and tell them, you know, are you okay? I'm here for you. She's like, because at the end of the day, like we are a cast, we are an ensemble cast. And she was just really, really upset and really hurt that like after I think she really broke down because she did say that it was like the toughest reading she's ever done. You know, she said as much as she could, she was very honest. And she basically was like, Raquel was the only one that texted me and was like, you know, I'm really sorry that this is such a hard time for you because I mean, I think her and Raquel, obviously are, they're not going through something exactly similar, but both going through breakups. And Lala did say that she reached out to James afterwards and wanted him to know that like she's there for him and i just thought that that was really nice and it made me sad that she walked away from the reunion not feeling the warm and fuzzies from her so-called friends and she's like it's a little frustrating that people that i that she's on the show with like they only look at the lala that she was and not the person she is now and she's like that makes me really bummed out and she does you know she laughs about the fact that some of her comments on the show did not age well regarding other people's relationships. And she's like, mate, she even admitted, she was like, I was pro- probably projecting and not even realizing, you know, projecting my own issues and my insecurities in my relationship onto other people. And she did say, she's like, my head was in the sand on a lot of shit that was going on in my relationship. She's like, I was completely blindsided. But looking back, she's probably like figuring and finding out all of these things. And then this week on her podcast, she <laughs> talks about her engagement ring. Now, I remember when she got engaged, this ring is like massive. Okay, it's like a, it was a circle, diamond, around diamond, like really flashy, big. Like it was like, not to be weird, but it's like a juicy ring. <laughs> like it looks juicy to me. Like it is very pretty. I mean, you know, money was spent we thought she then takes it into a jeweler and finds out that this ring is like it was brown it was like low quality and brown and that he had to get it colored like multiple times to come across as like an actual like beautiful diamond that we all thought and I just think that that is so funny that she's like being so open about this like basically dragging him because I mean we we all have thought that Randall is the emperor with no clothes like he comes across like this high-end producer and he's making movies with Robert De Niro and everything like that but it's like I mean we all remember the fofty drama with 50 Cent like He was like, give me my fucking money because Randall is like he's always running a game. He he seems that way to me. He always seems so slimy and like he's running game and he's always like, you know, he gambles and he plays poker. And I bet you he's just constantly chasing more money to like give money back to pay it back. It's just very interesting. And I just thought that that was so fucking hilarious. And then she does an ad on Instagram for a vibrator, which I mean, everyone's doing, I do you know how many fucking emails I get asking me to promote people's vibrators. No, I say, and I'm very sex positive when it comes to that. Like you just do whatever you want to do. Like if you want to, you know, but on Bravo historian, I'm not going to be like, get this vibrator. But like, sucks your clit off like i'm not i'm not doing that but if you want to that's great um anyways she posted on instagram she's like this is the best orgasm i've had in like five and a half years blah blah blah. and i just like the subtle shade to him and i just i know this is gonna sound really fucking rude but i don't care i just am glad that we as an as vanderpump rules fans can now admit out loud that Randall is disgusting. Okay. I wanted to like him because she loved him. Right. Like I wanted to see the good in him. I did occasionally think, oh, he's funny. Oh, they have a cute room relationship. They go back and forth. Like I got their thing, but now that we know what we know and he was cheating on her and led like a double life basically like she's even posted stories on Instagram talking about narcissists and like the definition of them and basically like subtweeting Randall. Uh, I we need to openly just come out and say like the man is disgusting. I, I I I don't understand the attraction and I just if there is another season of Vanderpump Rules I would love to see single Lala, I would love to see single James sober both of them on this journey together. I really I really would love that. And another thing. I wrote the, about this on The Dip this week. My thoughts about Vanderpump Rules because I asked everybody. I had a poll up about, you know, where everybody stands with what's going on in this, in this season and just the show in general. And I asked you guys if Brittany and Jack should come back and the majority of you guys said no. But I would like to see it. <laughs> I would. I would like to see the stress of Jax trying to settle into married life with Brittany and have a baby and hate LA and str- I just would love to see it. I think there needs to be another natural relationship going on in the group because right now it's so split again to me. It's very, it has the new, it has a Rony quality about it where uh, what I mean is the past season of Rony there's just no natural like chemistry and we're being bamboozled into having to care about people that like we really don't give a fuck about and it's not because we dislike them or anything it's like i don't dislike charlie i don't dislike raquel i like them but i don't care about them i'm not invested in their lives i don't i haven't been watching them since 2013 like I don't give a fuck about Raquel's nose and her feet. I don't care about Charlie that much. I'm just like, I don't know what we're watching. And I don't see them having like a natural rapport with like Ariana. And they probably do. But I don't see that on the show. I'm not. It doesn't feel authentic. It feels like they heavily rely on sticks this season. I don't know if it's because COVID was still such a major part, especially in LA. LA, I know, was very, very strict with lockdown and everything like that. So maybe they just had like nothing to do, but I don't know. It just feels strange that like I'm watching James and Tom's Schwartz and Brock sit in tubs of ice together. Like, I, what am I supposed to do with this? Because I feel like there's so much kind of bubbling under and they're just not going there. And I don't know why. I think it's because they all have so much more to lose now because they have families and kids and maybe they just can't. Maybe they just can't go there or don't want to. And maybe they kind of have that like unspoken agreement with each other. I'm not totally sure. (laughs) Also, I just have a question. Do you guys want me to cover Real Houses of Miami on this podcast? It is only on Peacock, but I'm interested to see what it has to offer. The first episode did air. I have not watched it yet, but I do want to know if you guys want me to cover it. Please DM me. I will read your I will read your DMs I always read everyone's or I try to I try my very best so just let me know because you know I love my Alexia she's my queen when I saw her on the cartel Netflix documentary I was like that's my girl love her to death also she's beautiful and she's like a woman surrounded by tragedy and I I don't love that for her but I love that for me love that for us so yeah just let me know about that and okay I want to talk about Below Deck's situation that's going on. So Below Deck is one of those shows where I don't watch it every single week. The the moment it's on, it's something I like throw on in the background or when I'm like writing and I'm just like, it's something I like to keep up on. Especially, I don't know, as more as of recently, I used to just really just binge it and marathon it like when I'm hungover But so I have kind of been tapping in and out this season, not really staying on top of it as much as I should. But I didn't watch this week's episode, but I did see what's going on online and what had happened. And Heather, the head stew on the ship, said a racial slur and Bravo basically was from what I know, has not really said anything about it. They didn't address it on Watch What Happens Live. Like it was nowhere to be found or seen or heard. Like it was very strange the way it was all handled. And it's just disappointing. I just have to be honest, because it it's frustrating when you see the double standard and the hypocrisy that comes from uh, the people that work for Bravo sometimes. Because if you guys remember correctly... Kenya Moore wore a Native American, like, headdress to a Halloween party. And Bravo issued, like, an apology for that. Like, made Kenya apologize. Like, it was a whole thing, okay? This woman says a racial slur, and I don't think once, but twice she says it. And it's silence. And then there's silence regarding Ramona and her very blatant racism and microaggressions. Like it's just very frustrating to see the like double standards sometimes. And I'm trying to be very sensitive and delicate when I'm discussing this. So that's kind of why I'm talking so slow because I'm just trying to figure it all out as I'm saying it. It just really disappointed me. And, you know, it just, yeah, it just really bothers me. Um, That's pretty much all I'm going to say on that. And let's take a quick break and we'll get right back into the episode.
1: Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com.
0: Okay, you guys, we are back. And I'm not going to talk about Salt Lake City this episode because I did touch on it on uh, Monday or when the episode came out on Tuesday. I'm sorry. But I do just want to say one quick thing. It's something I can't stop thinking about. And it's Whitney Rose's finances. I'm a little concerned deeply. I don't don't understand the whole rebranding process that she's going through. I also don't understand why you would spend your entire savings on something like this it just doesn't strike me as a smart business move and like I'm no shark tank but it feels it just gives me anxiety it's kind of like how i feel stressed out about the zolciak beerman household finances like the way that these women spend or the way that that family spends money like is deeply deeply concerning because i'm like there's no fucking way you're making that much money as much as like you're spending it just feels odd and i Yeah, I just, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't stop thinking about it. I really, I, I can't stop. I can't stop. But I want to talk about Orange County. Okay, Real Housewives of Orange County is fucking amazing this year. It's giving me old school housewife energy. And I have to say, I love Dr. Jen. I say this every week for the last... Well, now this is the third episode. So for the last three weeks, I will say, I don't know why I love her, but I do. There's something very like warm about her, but yet cold. She also gives me... Her and Ryan give me like 2021 Vicky and Don energy. Like where Ryan just wants to be on the boat and drink Corona and like chill out and just vibe with Doc with Mr. Poppers Vicky, aka Dr. Jen doesn't understand women who don't work she doesn't un- she doesn't like ditzy women she gives me that kind of energy where she's like I'm not on board with this like I'm a business fucking bitch and you better get on board like it's just it makes me laugh it makes me feel like I'm home again you know what I mean? Like, it's that cozy, like warm, like, okay, we're back in Orange County. Like, that's where it is. And I have to give a quick shout out. Steve of Faces by Bravo was briefly in this episode. He and Jeff, his friend Jeff, who runs, uh, also runs an Instagram account, said, or they said, they were, they were in the episode. They were in um, her office getting like stuff done. I don't know exactly what they were getting done, but they look amazing. I think Dr. Jen does a great job, I have to say, because the way like Emily looks and I believe she's Emily's doctor. I mean, she's killing it. And there's also something very like you can tell Jen, Dr. Jen has had work done, but it looks I think it looks really, really good. It looks nat- It looks natural enough, I think, for whatever she's going for. There's something I really like about her. And I like this family dynamic that she's very open about how like She's worried that her daughter and her don't have a connection because her and her mom didn't have a connection. So she probably, you know, that probably puts a lot of, it probably stresses her out. And then, you know, her mom seems very British and cold. And you can tell, I mean, she, she obviously talked about this, that, you know, her mom was really hard on her and was really strict with her and is the complete opposite with her daughter, and is very warm. They have a handshake. Her daughter also has a handshake with her dad. And she's like, I'm the only one that does it. And you could tell that... I mean, she's trying to make a joke about it, but you could tell it probably really bothers her. But I think it's interesting for to see women navigate being a mother in different ways. And that's why I love Housewives so much is because you, you get insight into how other people parent and live. And it's interesting. And I think it's refreshing to see a woman who's like... Because I think it's very romanticized being a a parent and being a mother. I'm not a mother. I only have my animals. Like I have Ruby and Barb. So I don't know how it is to parent a little living child, like a little person of the world. But I think it's romanticized in a way where it's like, every mother is like warm and nurturing. And like, this is how you should be with your kids. And like, that's not how every mom is. And that doesn't make them a bad mom, you know, like, My mom, for example, is not your typical mom. She's warm in the most interesting ways. Like she's never been the mom where she's like, let me make you something to eat. Like, let me get you this. Like, let me take care of you when you're sick. Like when I was sick as a kid, she would call my dad and my dad would come over with like the medicine and the like my mom didn't even have Band-Aids in her house, you know? like it just was never like because I would always say like why don't we have band-aids she's like just don't cut yourself like what are you talking about right now like we don't need band-aids until we need band-aids and I so I like that we see women in that way and that's one of the reasons I love Lisa Barlow so much is because she like declines her children's calls but she would die for them you know what I mean like she's just not your typical cookie cutter mom and I I don't know I really really love that but my mom for example wasn't the mom that like would pick me up from school. She wasn't cuz obviously she had to work, but you know like she just but she's the only one that knows me how to that knows how to make me feel better if that makes sense. Like when I'm having a really really hard day or a sad day or I'm going through something, she's the only fucking person on this planet I could get emotional that I can call and she makes me instantly feel better. She makes me laugh. She's the funniest person I know. She's just, you know, but so I don't know. I'm really rambling on about this. I just think it's it's nice to see Dr. Jen kind of figure out how she wants to parent. And I'm, I bet she gets a lot of pressure. I know like when I post stuff with Ruby, I get DMs sometimes that they're like, don't have her do this like don't have her I'm like can you all chill the fuck out like Ruby is happy she's thriving she's doing great if I want your opinion I literally will ask for it because I have I have you know done the Batman signal on my Instagram and I'm like what the fuck do I do when she does X Y and Z so I get it but like people just get crazy people were also really nuts about like they were really worried that I you know shopped her and I didn't adopt her and I was like what what if I did what if I did what the fuck would you do about it Anyways, sorry. I've had coffee this morning. I have been podcasting the last three hours because I did shortcomings where Chris and I talked about the third episode of the revival. So I'm like on another level. Anyways, Noella, uh, I'm shocked at how much I like her. I wasn't, I didn't think I would really care for her because of her connection with like thirsty Bronwyn and like, that type of, I thought she would bring more of that type of energy. Now I have had I, I did hear rumors that she did know about her husband's issues before coming on the show, and everything like that. Like I, so I have heard that, but I find her to be so beautiful and so interesting, and I like the energy that she brings to the show. I think it's very different. We've never, I've never seen a woman like this on Orange County. I like that she's like openly talking about her son and how he has autism and how, you know, she's navigating that whole situation. And she's just, you know, it's very interesting. And then of course, her husband serves her divorce papers from his house in Puerto Rico. Now, that made me, my ears perked up. Why is he serving her papers from Puerto Rico? Why is her divorce you know, paperwork in Spanish. I have questions. I know that they have a house there because that's obviously what she talked about earlier in the episode. But I was like, what's going on here with Sweet James? <laughs> with Sweet James. Sweet James. What a horrible fucking guy. He's so fucking slimy. I... Ugh. ugh. Like Sweet James. If I ever matched with a guy on Hinge or something... And he was like, I have a billboard and it says, sweet, James. I would block him immediately. I would report him to him. (laughs) I feel like this man is sick as fuck. But seeing her, she's obviously very upset and very distraught. And, you know, Gina felt horrible for her. Shannon felt horrible for her. And I have to say something about Shannon fucking Bador. I applaud Shannon. I get how she is annoying. I get all of Shannon's flaws but I applaud her for admitting the fact that her face looked rather wild last year because of how much filler she put in it. Like I'm glad that she got ahead of that where she was like, you know what? I looked crazy. My face was swollen out to here with filler. I got, she just got seven vials of filler put in now. I don't know really exactly what that means medically, but it does. It sounds like a lot. And, um, I'm glad that she's like taking care of that. And she like wants to get she's like, I looked nuts uh, because I think I mean, I think everybody, if you're on Instagram and Twitter, you saw those pictures from the union, and you were like, whoa, girl, dial it back. I think sometimes these housewives do get a little crazy, a little stir, a little, a little crazy with the faces. I know that that's probably not like PC to say, but I'm just saying like, it, I think sometimes like people need to chill the fuck out. And <laughs> Shanna is one of them. And even Emily, Emily said that too. The second episode, she was like, you know, I was putting so much, I had it all dissolved and now we're starting from scratch and she looks amazing. So good for Shannon. I was, cr- I was crying, laughing at her slouched in the chair with the face mask on, talking to Noella about like Puerto Rico and like her house, <laughs> like and her son. It was like such a serious, really nice conversation. But Shannon looked like a weekend at Bernie's with a face mask. It was, it was delicious. I loved it. But this issue with Shannon talking about Nicole's s- lawsuit with Terry Debro. I'm still puzzled by the issue here. I don't get what Shannon did wrong. I don't... I, I'm not... I'm not... I'm not on board with it. It doesn't make sense why there's why Heather is, like, so upset. And I love Heather. And I'm so glad she's back. But I'm like, girl, this is really not that serious. Like, she was really drunk, at Javier's or wherever the fuck they went, told her two friends, Gina and Emily, it probably slipped out. And she was like, oh God, please. She was probably like, you know, this is what I heard. Please don't say anything. Uh, I don't think it was malicious. And even Nicole was like, I can tell you're being sincere. And I think she is. But I personally think Heather and maybe Gina have like an issue with Shannon. And this is a way for them to like, get back at her or exploit maybe past issues that or things Shannon had has done, you know, kind of an LVP situation, like where she likes to talk a lot behind the scenes. But when it gets on the show, it's like she takes a step back. I don't know. That's just my working theory right now. Because it just doesn't make that much sense to me. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. And the text Heather sent to Shannon was a little extreme in my opinion it felt a little like can you calm the fuck down like it's i don't i don't know guys i just don't get it i i don't <laughs> i don't get it emily i go back and forth on i think as you guys know i think she was fucking out of control at Heather's house with Nicole, like she was trying so hard to make a scene and to make moments. Like why she cared more about Nicole James suing Terry DeBro for a botched boob job more than Heather DeBro and Terry, I will never know. But it was so fucking weird. But I liked seeing her with her children and Shane. (sighs) You know, I was going to talk about the Mormon of it all, but I just won't. I, uh, you know... I'm just not going to talk about it after after the situation I had earlier this week where I simply just posted a photo of Jen Shaw and Coach Shaw praying over Popeye's biscuits and glass bowl. I'm not going to talk about religion on this podcast. I'm not a religious person whatsoever. So I don't. I'm not going to get into that. I respect everyone's for their beliefs. I wish sometimes that religious people accepted people weren't religious for our beliefs, but that's another story for another time. So I just think I'm ready for the season to like amp up. I'm ready. I'm excited for it every week. It's not like I was excited for Beverly Hills where it was like, what's going to happen with Erica and Sutton and Garcelle, like that kind of stuff. But I am excited to see like where this show is going to take us, like who's going to start fighting. Like I'm just, I'm just ready. And I'm just I'm loving it. I, I want to know everyone's thoughts. I think, I think it's getting a great reception, actually. And I told Gina that. I did an interview with Gina last week. You guys can read that interview over on thedip.com. And she was like, I'm really happy to hear that people are loving it. Because she's like, you know, obviously, she's like, I, I don't really know what people are saying. And I was like, girl, people are living and loving. Especially, I think they're really loving the Gina renaissance moment that we're getting. I know I am. I think she looks phenomenal. She's clearly in a much better place. I like that we're seeing more of Travis and their relationship. I think they're cute. They feel very normal. The thing with Gina and Travis is they feel very familiar to me. Like I would know, like I know them, and I like that. And I cannot wait to see how her and Heather's relationship plays out. I know that they do go to New York together, which I think will be really, really fun.
1: You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways.